Thank you guys for um, praying for us and blessing us into vacation. Julie and I just got back um, from a couple weeks in North Carolina, a land for my heart. Uh, I grew up there. We got to spend some time with our dear friends, the Helsers, and a bit of time uh, at the beach. And how can you not have a good time at the beach? I feel so blessed. Our parents are very generous. There's no way we could have done it without them. And I want to honor my dad on Father's Day. He's an incredible papa. And uh, he's at my house right now instead of being here working on my house, physically laboring. And uh, he's just, he's a man who's prayed for me and loves me in practical ways. And he blessed us with a vacation. So thank you for allowing us to go. Um, I want to give a little update on uh, this follow the cloud journey. We are 10 weeks in. Can you believe it? This has been a wild ride already. A lot of people, I've seen some leaders in the city, some other pastors who kind of look at me like, we're so sorry we heard, we heard what happened. And I'm like, I'm having more fun than I've ever had before. <laughs> I don't know how to tell you this. You should leave your building. <laughs> um, it's just seriously amazing. Um, maybe I'm just weird and wired that way, but Um, obedience to the Father, it's not really about leaving your building, it's about obeying the Father and doing whatever you see Him doing, and that's the best place to be. That's the most fun place to be. Nava is a prayerful family on mission. We've committed to live all our life in the presence of God, all of our life in the presence of others, and all of our life for the sake of those who haven't come home yet. It's who we are. We're a prayerful family on mission, and that prayerful family on mission has a mission house to house in the city. Now, amazingly, we also have a mission church to church. We never saw that part coming. We knew we had a house to house calling. We didn't know we had a church to church calling, but this is a servant ministry the Lord's called us into in season. I want to give a little update of some of the stuff that's been going on. In December, we had 36 percent of this family. We know because we mapped out every name, phone called every person, put every person's address on a map. We know where everyone lives. Hopefully that doesn't freak you out. You gave us that permission. You're on a Google map. We pray for you. In December, there was 36 percent of Nava that were connected to missional communities or house communities. And uh, right now there's 80 percent. That's astounding. Over 450 people are in 32 homes on home Sundays. I'm getting pictures. Meanwhile, I'm eating pancakes with a few friends in Legacy East, and Casey Kay's hitting me, you know, and Lee Summit, one and two, is hitting me, you know, and, and downtown and midtown and, and, and Johnson County and north of the river, multiple locations, and on and on and on. All these pictures are flooding in, and the, the ministry of Jesus is being multiplied. Voices are being heard on home Sundays that would have never been heard here. Prayers are being prayed that wouldn't have been prayed and heard. Leaders are leading. Even hesitant ones that were hesitant before are leading now. Kingdom gifts are being released and we are being the church all across seven regions. Guys, that is the dream of the New Testament. Can I just say we're only 10 weeks in, but I feel like the Father's like, well, done, Nava. You're living into the beauty of being the church. Well done. He's so proud of our our weak try, our, our simple efforts to follow him. And it's happening. Can I share a few testimonies just from Home Sundays? I have recorded uh, so many testimonies already. Uh, one neighbor who is Catholic, 
We're not sure if they had fully given their life to Jesus or not, but they came to a home Sunday in Midtown. They pulled up at the house, and the little girl said, but I thought we were going to church. And the mom said, we are going to church this morning. Let that sink in. There's a paradigm shift happening in the minds of our children. The next generation is going to inherit a different story about being the church instead of going to church. Isn't that incredible? At one of the home gatherings, they... they got so far into the DPS and they realized they hadn't worshipped yet. But they heard a little four-year-old off to the side singing over and over, this is the day, this is the day that the Lord had made. So they called the four-year-old in and the four-year-old leads worship for the whole home. You say, well, that's just a cute little story. No, a four-year-old is leading the church in worship on Sunday morning. That's astounding. One of the home Sundays, only three people could show up, and they sent a picture of the three of them. And you know how incredible of a testimony that is? Wherever two or three gathered, the king of the universe comes to the church meeting. Are you serious? That's incredible. One person had a friend who recently got an AA, faithfully did their 12 steps. And they said, would you come to church with us? She said, no, I, I can't do that thing. I can't go. She, they said, no, 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 it's in our home. She said, oh, I don't know. Well, they continued to talk and she came to the gathering. She was really nervous. She was covered in shame. She had never felt like she fit in the church. And someone heard a word and the word was, you are worth gold in the father's heart. As the word was shared, she began to cry and she said, I'm coming back next time. One person was encountered in a coffee shop right over there. This lady was probably in her 50s. She was prayed for and invited to the church. She said, I don't go to church. I haven't been in 40 years. She said, no, no, it's at our house. You can come over. She said, well, I don't know. Called her that morning. She came and brought food. How incredible is that? She brought something to give. She sat through the meeting, and, she, and the, the leader said, is it what you expected? She's like, it's what I expected. And he's like, oh, no, this isn't good. And then she said, no, it's what I hoped for. And then she said, it's what I've hoped for for 40 years as tears came down her face. The exiles are coming back into the church at home. And on and on and on, will we welcome our neighbors? Will we be the church? Will we release his grace? It's beautiful. Now I want to talk a little bit about the fall of the cloud journey. We have a journey in our homes, but we also have a journey all together. It's a bit strange. I never would have written this story to be in Lee Summit in a Nazarene church. I'm sorry, I never conceived of it. But the Father is inviting us to go as one people and serve and intercede for breakthrough wherever we go. We've been invited here to New Beginnings, and um, they've been so kind to invite us. And Numbers 9 says, if the clouds stayed there for a day, they stayed there for a day. We went to the Grandview Amphitheater for one day. If it stayed for a month, they stayed for a month. Whenever it lifted, they moved. If it stayed for more than a month, they stayed for more than a month. And so some have asked us, what's our plan? Whenever the Lord says go, we go. We had made a plan to be here through the end of June. And we were testing out the waters, seeing, you know, Lord, what would this be like? I want to read a few testimonies from the senior pastor here. He says, first, our staff is praying every week for the first time 45 minutes in our staff prayer meetings. We're growing in rhythms of prayer and listening for the words of God. We're experiencing dreams, visions, and powerful, powerful times of weekly prayer for the first time ever. 
Our congregational pattern of weekly prayer is taking root in a few individuals who are experiencing powerful movements of the Spirit for the first time. There is a sense of freedom that is coming over our body, but still we, we want a few strongholds to break and a fresh outpouring of the Spirit. One lady came into his office and said, I went to that Nava prayer meeting with some of our leaders. And she said, she was like mortified. She said, why did you tell them my life secrets? He said, I'm a pastor. I can't tell. It's confidentiality. And she said, but everything they prayed was my life. And then she said, but actually, I've been hearing these impressions for a lot of years, but no one ever told me I could hear God before. Here's what Jake, he sent us a long voice message, and he said, I see that the ministry of Nava is going to go from church to church to church, and we've already started praying for more than what we've experienced to break out in other places. I'm just so humbled by this. But then he appealed. He said, would you please stay longer until the seed is sown, the vineyards are planted, and there is more fruit? Would you stay another month? And he said, our wilderness is coming into bloom, and we are in a wilderness. That's, that was his direct invitation. So we took it back to prayer, and the father said, stay through July. In the meantime, their church leaders are joining our missional community training. Their congregants are coming to LTS. So we're joining in to this beautiful convergence. And I just wanted to let you guys know what you're praying is actually breaking out more than what we asked for. Amen? So Lord, continue to work and move. So we're staying here a month longer. I'm sorry to those who have to drive 45 minutes. It may get even more uncomfortable than this in the days to come. All we want is Jesus. Desperately, we want him. Okay. So this afternoon, I want to talk about friendship with the Father. It is my greatest treasure, and it is my favorite subject. Friendship with the Father. I believe that friendship with the Father, it's only appropriate on Father's Day to talk about what he wants most. What does he want? He has everything, but there's something he wants. And he will never take it because he can't take it. He designed us to give it. And it is friendship back to his heart. It is the whole purpose and end of the gospel. Friendship with the Father. But I specifically want to talk about friendship with the Father that is born on the way in adventure and in the midst of adversity. Friendship with the Father that is born in adventure and adversity. And I want to welcome us into that space and place today. I want to read a scripture that's incredible. You can turn to it if you want to. Psalm 73, 21 through 26. It's a psalm of Asaph. It's one of my favorite little passages in the psalm. It just hits the core of my being. And it speaks to me about friendship with the Father. And specifically in the middle of adventure and adversity. Verse 21, Psalm 73, verse 21. When my heart was grieved and my spirit embittered, I was senseless and ignorant. Has your heart ever been grieved? Your spirit ever been disturbed and embittered? Have you felt senseless and clueless? He says, I was a brute beast before you. 
potentially a jackass. Has anyone ever acted like a jackass in the presence of God? The psalmist says, I was a brute beast. I was ridiculous. I was senseless. I was, I was a bit of an idiot. I was flailing. I got provoked. My heart was all over the place. I was a crazy mess, and I was your mess. Who wants to be the father's mess? Yet, check this out, yet I am always with you. You hold me by my right hand. You guide me with your counsel. And afterward, it even gets better. You will take me into your glory. Ah, whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart, they may fail But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. I resonate so deeply with this. My friendship with the Father was born in a hot mess of pain. I got my heart broken to the core by the person that I love the most. And so my friendship with the Father, I was reflecting on this for the first year, was born in adversity and a broken heart. That's where I got to know that he was a father. In the middle of my mess, in the middle of my brokenness, the first thing I ever heard from him is you tasted the world's love and it broke your heart. And now you're going to taste my love and I'm never going to leave you. Friendship with the father in the middle of feeling like a brute beast, senseless, crazy, wild. Yet I'm with you. Yet you're there. You're holding me. You're always there. And when my heart fails, there I find you're the strength of my heart again. And when I'm unsatisfied, there I find you're my portion and I'm satisfied again. It started for me when I was 17. And uh, it was actually June 13th, 1998, I wrote my first journal entry. These journals for me, are my garden with God. For 21 years, I've walked here with the Father, naked and without shame. Anything goes in this garden. I can say anything, and I can speak like a brute beast. I can be a crazy mess. I can just be and share my heart with the Father. 21 years later, I'm 42 of these journals in. I calculated last night about 10,500 pages that I scribbled down in some process of being a mess. All it is is a big, crazy dialogue of Adam Cox being mostly weird and not knowing what the heck is going on and telling God about it. If you read it, you wouldn't really be excited. They're not going to be put in a library somewhere. It's just to be with the Father. On one of my worst days of these last five months, and some of you would have felt that transition more intensely than others, but I'm telling you, I felt it like a crucible that about took me out. It was a crucible of surrender. Those five months when we found out we were leaving PlexPod until kind of leaving there. And on the hardest day of that whole journey, it was January 10th, I remember it well, because Julie and I got into probably the deepest heart place we've ever hit in our entire marriage on that morning, and we both held each other and wept because there was nothing else we knew how to do. Don't know if you've ever been to that spot. 
a little bit later in that day, I got a phone call. I had hoped that we were going to meet somewhere in the city. And that day, the door slammed in my face. And then about an hour later, I got a really intense phone call from a good friend. And it came across as really deep rejection and hit the core lie button of my life. And so I was processing with the father, writing it down. And at the end, and I love this because I was thinking, what should I share out of my journal? And my journal fell open, and here was the place. Literally happened like that this morning. I need to go, because I was in a rush writing all this down, but I want to hear from you. Will you reply to my heart, my friend? That's what I said to the father. Adam Jefferson, my son, you delight my heart with an inexpressible joy that you could never, ever comprehend. I know this moment is tough, buddy. Listen to my reply, Adam. I am with you, for I have called you by name. Your labor is not in vain. The vineyards you plant will bear fruit. I am with you. Adam, I see your heartache, and I see your faith. I will not ever abandon you, and certainly not in this moment. You will see the beautiful, inbreaking faithfulness of my love. I love you, and I will meet you in every situation you have showed uh, you have shared with me. I will walk every single second out with you. Look to me, son. Your daddy loves you. So I'm sitting here in a wreck with my wife, rejected by my friend, door shut in my face, and this is the reply of the father to me. Psalm 73. I'm always with you, buddy. I love you. The beauty is this, that I have been given this grace over 20 years to share raw from my heart. And then the father shares raw from his heart back. And it rarely ever answers my question. But it speaks to the depth of my being. Friendship with the father. I walked out from writing that. And I was walking out to my car, still depressed, because mostly when the father speaks to me, it doesn't change my mood immediately. But it's logged down in the garden journal. And I walk out, and an eagle swoops right over my head and lands in the tree. And I'm like, Puh. and I like backpedal in, get the girls. We all come out, and there's a bald eagle sitting there in South Kansas City in my tree, just speaking to me that the Father sees me, knows me, loves me. I love friendship with the Father. It is my eternal treasure. And I think it's the greatest invitation I could ever invite us into. In the middle of adventure, in the fun of life, in the middle of failures, belly flops, messes, and the deepest places of fear, friendship with the Father is our great exceeding reward. To stop, slow down, and share our hearts with each other. I want to break off every bit of religion off your quiet time. I'm not here to teach you five steps to how to have a good time with Jesus. I'm just inviting you to set a time to slow down and welcome the sharing of your heart to his and his heart to yours. It is the greatest reward of eternity. It is, in fact, the very reason Jesus brutally died on a cross that you could have a friendship with the Father. Isn't it incredible?
I was on vacation and um, I'm thinking about these special moments. I mean, you sustain life with your family and everyday life is what sustains it. It's what creates the foundation of consistency and faithfulness. But vacations seem to be the memory makers. They seem to be the sticky moments. You ask your kids, hey, what do you remember? And they go back. It's like we spend 360 days together, but I remember the five days at the coast. Now, you wouldn't want to not do the foundation of all of life, but man, I really try to capitalize on those special moments. So I, I wanted to know, what did each kid want to do on vacation? Now, my little Sayla, she's nine. She just has a courageous heart. So her thing is, I want to go out and surf. I'm like, you're nine. She's like, I want to surf, all right? And I'm pumped because... I don't really know how to surf. I'm a novice surfer. I've rode a few small North Carolina waves, and there we are at the coast. And this means I get to go out and learn how to surf with my baby girl all week long, right? So I'm kind of researching a little bit, and we go down, we get the board, and we bring it back, and we got our little cute, you know, wet rash guards on, and we just, I've never felt more cool in my whole life. It's like living my, you know, Tim Gadu knows what I'm talking about. I just felt, it's like, I, can I just walk with my board down the beach just a little longer, you know? Midwest boy, you know? And there we go. And, and so I know enough probably to be dangerous. So we're on the sand. I'm like, we're going to practice popping up, right? So we're going through the mechanics. She's down and she's popping up. She's down. She's popping up. And we're learning all the motions and movements. And now I'm coaching. Now I'm explaining. We're going to go out, and it's going to be a little intense. We're going to have to get out a little ways, and we're going to go to where I can stand, but you're not going to be able to stand. So you're going to have to trust me there. Now, she had never been out really into the deep. She didn't know how to read waves yet. So I'm going to have to go out with her, pull her out through as she sits on the board, and I'm teaching her how to push up and go over the waves so she doesn't get smashed every single time. And you got to kind of time it to get out there, right? Now we're just talking two to four foot waves. It's getting a little rough at some points. But we can do it. So I'm going to pull her out there. I'm going to stand. And here's the thing how you got to, I'm going to have to teach her, is she's going to have to face the shore, and I'm going to have to help her position and read the wave and get into the wave. Now, she's going to have to trust me because when I say paddle, you got to paddle with all your heart, okay? And her little arms, you know, are going. I, but, but she can't, she's not strong enough to hold herself in place as the waves are coming. So I'm going to have to position her and say, go. Now, it'd be amazing if, the, if it was like a wave pool, but the ocean's not like a wave pool. It's unpredictable. It's alive, you know? It's creative. So we go out there, we go all the practicing, but can I just say something like, she was courageous enough to even go out there and do it. Like, she trusted me enough to go out there. Can I say, well done, Nava? He's, you, he, you've allowed the Father to take us all out into the waves. Like, we're out there. Good job. There's something courageous in Sailor's heart to even let me do that, right? So out we go. And man, it's a little intense the first time. She, bam, bam, she's getting hit. And I'm like trying to go, you know. And we're trying to practice. And finally, I get out and it's a little more calm. And now we're talking about it. I'm going to have to position you. And so we're trying to get the timing right, but I'm learning to read the waves as well, right? So you can see where this is going. So I'm sending her in, and she gets a bit wobbly, and she, boom, she, she wipes. Not too bad, though. She, get, she comes up, kind of startled, bring her back, you know, do it again. She, 
wobbles, off she goes again. I'm like, okay, I got to figure this out. You know, she's going to get tired pretty quick. So bring her out. I get it just right. I'm like, go, paddle, paddle, paddle. And she rides and she gets up on a knee and there she goes in. And man, I'm pretty sure she could hear me screaming from back there, right? I'm like, oh my gosh, stand, stand, stand. And she's like, going, going, and then bam, she's off, right? But she's okay. She doesn't get her. And I'm running back and I'm running. Get the board. We come back. I'm like, you did it. And I'm right there next to her, right? So she's looking at the shore. The waves are coming and I'm right in her ear. Good job. And I start to sense, oh, wait, this is actually for me. This isn't for her. This is a whole thing is going on with the father right now. Pay attention. Okay. So I'm like, good job. You did it. Now, the next time when you get on your knees, you're going to stand, right? So it's kind of hard. We're trying to figure it out. She catches another wave. Boom. She pops up. And she's kind of like freaked out like, I did it. She goes, what do I do? She's like, I'm standing on water. It's an amazing feeling if you've ever surfed. And she's going, and probably five or six seconds, she is up. Some people on the beach see her. They're roaring. I'm screaming. I'm running in, right? And man, and we do it a few more times. She stands once or twice more, and she's dead tired, and we're done for the day, okay? We come back the next day, and it's a bit choppier and a bit bigger. And so I'm like, okay. I'm looking at it. I'm like, ooh, not predictable. It's coming sideways. I'm like... I don't know. So we go out there. We do the whole deal. And I'm like, okay, you're going to have to trust me. But this time, the waves are starting to come pretty intense. So I have my right arm around her and the board. And waves are just smashing over the top of us. And she's like, you know, one time she hits her head on the board, you know. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Okay. I'm trying to. So I'm just like, go. So I send her. And she, like, gets on her knee. And then she goes over the top of the wave And so the whole thing pile drives her into the sand. And she's under for a little bit. So I'm like, I'm not seeing her, right? And she pops up, huge eyes. She's so beautiful, Sailor Shore. Boom, big eyes. And she's like, I'm alive, basically was the look. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And I'm running and like her knees bleeding. And I'm like, oh no, game over, day done, right? So I'm in, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so intense. So Last day we're there, she's like, time out from that point. Trust is, is wounded, right? So last day, it's a bit rough, but it's smaller. So we're, we pull away onto the beach, and we are sitting on the board together, and we're having this pull-away father-daughter talk. Now, here's the deal. We're going back out there, and the reality is you're going to fall. You may even get tumbled, but... You've got to trust me to put in the waves because if you argue with me, we're going to get caught right in between. So you're going to have to look and trust me and paddle when I say paddle, right? You're following the story? So we're looking at this and I'm realizing this is how you pull away with the father in the middle of this deal. Now we got to go back in though. This is where it is. The old fall off the horse and get back on it thing. So It's a bit rough. So we're going out, and she is getting smashed by waves. I am trying to get her out there. And and we finally get out there, and she's like, I need a rest. I need a rest. I need a rest. And she's starting to go, hypervent like that. So I get her out a little bit into the swell, and I'm I'm hearing the father say, this is your heart out. I'm like, okay, I'm going to give you a rest. Now we're resting. Now she's floating on the board, and huge waves start coming. 
and smashing over the top to the point where I have my arm around her and the board and I'm holding her, anchoring her in, but I am almost getting swept away, right? And it is just smashing us. And so I try to pull her out a little further. At this point, if you can picture this, she is head down on the board, just weeping on the board. And waves are smashing over us. And this is the middle. It started fun and life is not fun anymore. We have just entered adversity, fear, and mistrust. And every time the waves are going, she looks back instead of trusting me and goes, no, 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 it's too scary, which is catching us in the middle and it's smashing us and smashing us and we're in this trust battle. So I'm right in her ear on the board and I'm like, daddy is here. I'm here. Bam, another wave. I am right here. It's okay. We can do this, but you're going to have to trust me. Wham, another way when she's going. And finally, she comes back to peace. Man. Nava, something's going on with the Father. Friendship with the Father. We were born for these waves. And it's fun right now as we're going out. But there may be some times when we're going to have to trust him more than we've trusted him. And there's going to be some gnarly times where we fall and tumble and the waves are smashing us. But he is at my right hand and always with me. He is the strength of my heart. And I realized that in the middle of the adventure comes adversity. And right there is where the friendship of the father becomes most anchoring, crucial, and powerful. Right there, in the middle of it all going down. And he says, come back to peace. The point of surfing with Selah, which I love that her name is Selah. That word is used 71 times in the Psalms. And it means pause. Pull away with me. It's time for Nava to go Selah surfing. We are born to ride waves of the move of the Spirit. But the Father has to position us. And he is right there in our ear. And the point of it is not whether we rode it and had fun or got tossed and we fell. The point of it is being with the Father in deepest of friendship. This is our exceeding reward and nothing else will be our joy and nothing else will sustain us except for friendship with the Father. Right now, it's all going great, but I don't know if waves are coming, family. I don't know if the waves will be fun or if the waves will be awesome and fearful, but I know we were born for waves of revival. I know that we were born for waves of revival. There is something greater than revival, and it is to be with the father of life himself. And if we get swept up looking at the waves instead of eyes and trust on the father, we'll get caught in the middle. And so I could feel the father speaking into the depths of my heart. It's about friendship, Adam. It's about trust. It's about in the middle of the adventure of surfing or the adversity of surfing. It's about friendship with me. And I thought about Jesus. This was his whole consuming life, the Father. In fact, at at his last table, I mean, here's the deal. If someone puts me in prison someday, I hope it's for the gospel, number one, and not something crazy I've done. Number two, if they say, 
You can only take with you a few chapters of Scripture. I'm ripping out of my Bible John 13 through 17. The Holy of Holies. It's like cracking open the ribcage of Jesus Christ and seeing his bleeding, beating heart. And you know what it says 48 times in John 13 through 17 as he sat with his friends at a table? Father, 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 Father. 48 times at that meal. If you open the ribcage of Jesus, you find Father beating there friendship with the Father. In fact, that's the place where he says, I don't call you servants. I call you friends. Yeah? Friendship with the Father. But right at the end of that table sitting, there's this intense scripture. And this is funny. I shared my sermon with Dave on Thursday when it was all done. And he said, you chose out of the whole Bible the exact passage I chose two weeks ago. Hadn't talked to anyone about it. So, the father might be speaking to Nava out of this passage. Just going to go out on a limb. This is crazy. John 16, 27 through 33. Now I'm going to leave out a little bit of the dialogue for the sake of brevity. John 16, 27 through 33. Listen to these words with your heart. The father himself loves you. Can I say that again? In fact, I know you're all turning in Bibles. Will you close your eyes? I just want to say something to you, to your heart. The Father himself loves you. All he's ever wanted is to be with you. That you can share everything together. You can share the, the success and the mess. You can share the breakthrough and the breakdown. The Father himself loves you. If you have your eyes closed, you can open them. Because you have loved me and believe that I came from God. Verse 28. I came from the Father and entered the world. Now I'm leaving the world and going back to the Father. Skip forward to verse 32. A time is coming, in fact, and has come when you will be scattered, each to your own home. You will leave me all alone. Yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. Wow. The revelation of Jesus was, if you leave me, if everyone leaves me, I am not alone, for the Father is with me. This was the treasure of Jesus' heart. And Jesus says the Father himself loves you just like that. And then he goes on to say, I've said these things to you about the Father's love at this whole table night. I've said these things to you that you may have peace. Can you see Selah out shaking on the board, head there, you know, weeping with fear and mistrust? Come back to peace. Because in the world, you're going to have trouble. But take heart. Get your heart back with the Father he has overcome the world. This is the revelation Jesus breaks out at the table. Friendship with the Father was his portion, was his strength, was his satisfaction, was his reward, was his sustaining life. Friendship with the Father was his everything. And he said that peace could be your peace. That life, that friendship could be your friendship. 
Now, when I thought about how did Jesus, how did he create friendship with the Father? There's two main ways that he did friendship with the Father in the middle of the adventure and the adversity, both. One is he did friendship with the Father on the way. In fact, the writer of the Gospel of John, who is John, said, just in case, the son can do nothing by himself. He only does what he sees his father doing. That means on the way, Jesus was seeing the father everywhere. He was doing friendship with the father everywhere. He was doing it on the way. Everything in his life was about sharing his heart with the father. I don't know if you've had that connection and maybe forgotten it. Or if right now that is a vibrant connection. But can I give you the greatest invitation in human history? Jesus has died on a cross. He has raised from the dead. Send his spirit into your heart that you can have a 24-7 connection wherever you are with the Father. That his heart can flood into your heart. More precious than the sand, uh, grains of sand on the seashore. More numerous are his thoughts towards you everywhere you go on the way. But there's something else that Jesus, he didn't just form friendship with the Father on the way. He formed friendship with the Father by pulling away from everyday life. So absolutely, he did it on the way. But what you find in all the significant moments of Jesus' life in this regular habitual rhythm that even caused the disciples to go, why do you keep doing that? Teach us to pray. Was Jesus pulled away? Friendship with the Father is born on the way, and it's born by pulling away. Pulling away. When Jesus' cousin was murdered, it says that he pulled away to a solitary place. When Jesus had to make a big decision about what to do in his occupation, and his vocation, it says he pulled away to the mountain. When the when the crowds were clamoring for his attention and he was at the height of his popularity, sometimes this is the hardest time to pull away. When everything's moving fast, the invitation is to slow down. The more success you have, the deeper you have to anchor your heart into solitude with the Father. The more activity of the Spirit, the more you have to slow down and listen to the Spirit. And so, when Jesus had success and the crowds were chanting his name, what does it say? He pulled away to a solitary place. On the night of his greatest betrayal, in the middle of pain, Jesus didn't run his mouth and talk to everybody and gossip about everybody. He pulled away and prayed to the Father in solitude to deal with the pain of the betrayal in his heart in a relationship. Whatever was going on in Jesus' life, he was sharing it with the Father on the way and most intimately and deeply through pulling away. Pulling away is called silence and solitude. I could do an entire series on the power of this. The thesis is you will not have a spiritual life if you do not have a secret life with the Father. This isn't guilt. Everyone knows they can pray more. I'm talking about pulling away to share your heart with the Father. Nava, 
I don't know what's coming. The Lord is going to be leading us in amazing and powerful ways as we follow the cloud. But I am very sure we will all be offended if we don't anchor our hearts in solitude with the Father. We will, when we're uncomfortable, do we complain or do we come to the comforter and share our heart with the Father? When we're confused and we don't know, why are we going this way or that way? Come, pull away with the Father and get his perspective. The Father's inviting us deeper. Here's a definition for solitude. Ruth Haley Barton. If, if you haven't read her book, Sacred Rhythms of Life, it's incredible. She has a ton of great resources. Ruth Haley Barton. Solitude is that time when we pull away from our life and the company of others in order to give our full and undivided attention to God. Solitude is that time when we pull away from our life and the company of others, in order to give our full and undivided attention to God. Silence deepens the experience of solitude. So now I'm pulled away from everybody, but my internal world is still going crazy. Has anyone had that experience? So you're, the, the external distractions are gone, but the internal distractions are raging. So we pull away in solitude, but silence deepens our experience of solitude. In silence, we withdraw not only from the outer noise, but also from the inner noise of our thoughts, human strivings, intellectual hard work, and inner compulsions so we can listen to God. Friendship with the Father. The Father and originator of the entire cosmos is at your disposal with delighted attention. You have his ear forever. You have his heart. How much do you share your heart into his heart? How much do you listen to his heart back into your heart? A father in the faith taught me to write down the secret thoughts of the father. 10,000 pages later, I think I know the father less, but man, is he big and incredible. And does he love me? He loves me so much. My dream is to be standing here alive on the planet by God's grace 40 or 50 years from now. And I want to say I'm an old friend of God. Whether they know my name or not, I don't care as long as the father knows my heart. I want to be known by him and searched by him. Family, if you're missing this part, you're missing life. This is the gold of life. This is the secret to know the Father and the Father know us. To share friendship, just to be with him, whether something you're doing on the way or pulling away. There's an invitation Really practically, I'm not going to do a study of how to do a great quiet time. There's like a bazillion podcasts and resources on that if you want it. All I want to say is I want to invite you to a couple simple things. You set a time in the day. Set a time when you can pull away. If you got kids, that's either really, really, really early. My kids woke up at 6 a.m. for the last 11 years. Or... Late at night when they go to bed. You got to set a time when there aren't external distractions. After you set a time, you've got to 
Find a space to be removed. That's what solitude is. Jesus is so practical. In one of his teachings in the gospel, he says, go into a room, grab the door handle, shut the door, and talk to your father who listens in secret. Can you imagine? The ultimate prayer in the universe is talking about doors and hinges and doorknobs and closed doors. He's like, if you don't do that, Now, the modern-day version of that is you put your earbuds in in the middle, and all of a sudden you're in your own solitude of heaven, you know. But even sometimes those lyrics give noise. So solitude and silence. So we set a time, we find a space, we slow down, and here's the last thing. This is so brilliant. We share our hearts back and forth. Some of you... Don't like writing down in journals. This isn't a pitch for journaling. If it works for you, great. It works gloriously for me, Mr. External Processor. have to see it out of my heart, through my eyes, through my hands, on the paper, back to me. Now we're good. We're external processing. Some of you don't need that. You need a walk. You need a whatever. But set a time, find a space, slow down, and share your heart back and forth. I'm not talking about get through your Bible study. Awesome. Do it. We're reading the Bible in a year. Amazing. I'm not talking about your prayer list of intercession. I'm talking about slowing down to share our hearts. If you don't do this in marriage, it doesn't work well. You won't have a thriving marriage. If you don't do it with your children, it doesn't work well. We set a time. We set a space. We look eye to eye. We slow down and we share our hearts, right? Friendship with the Father. That's my invitation to everyone in the room. Can we stand? I want to worship to go out this morning, uh, afternoon. Cutter and the gang. Now here's the invitation. Um, Fathers, some fathers come and pray for people. Will you come on up? As we, we're just going to sing one song. We got about five, seven minutes, something like that. And, uh, while, while the music begins to go, I want you to just begin to share your heart with the Father. You can do that practical work later of setting the time and all that. But I want to just give a space, the first moment, tell them whatever you're going through. You may feel like a brute beast. That's okay. You may feel like a hot mess. That's fine. You may be floating along on clouds, loving life. All we're going to do for the next few minutes is share our heart with the Father. Maybe you've got about 30 seconds or a minute or however long. When you run out of sharing, listen, and then let him share his heart back to you. Okay? While that's going on in the room, I want to give a special invitation for people to come forward for prayer. And they're the ones who are out in the waves, and they go... This used to be fun, but it is not fun anymore. I am getting the crap beat out of me right now. The waves are crashing over me. They're smashing me. I'm disoriented. I'm clutching my board. My face is down. But the only thing is I don't feel that arm around me. You should have heard Selah describe how strong I was. Oh, I loved that part. You don't feel that strong arm anchoring you in the waves. And you don't hear that voice in your ear when you're freaking out. The waves are crashing, but you don't sense the Father. I 
I don't know, maybe it's a few people, maybe it's a lot, but I've invited fathers here today simply to stand with you and say the Father's with you. So I want to welcome you up, if that's you, and you say, I want a reconnection with the Father. I feel like it's, it's not flowing, and I want to reconnect. There's people to pray for you. And the rest of us, let's just open our hands and close our eyes, and we're just going to begin sharing our hearts with the Father. As Nava, for all our days, no matter what else happens, we want to be marked with friendship with the Father. Simply to share our heart honestly with you and hear your heart shared honestly back to us. And so we want to start practicing right now in this moment. Whatever raw place of joy or pain or disappointment or confusion, we just want you to have it. We want to, we want to tell you about it right now. And then we want to hear your heart back. So while this is going on, anybody at all who wants to come forward for prayer, for greater connection to the Father, you're welcome to come and people will pray with you.